Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is podcast at ground zero. Your home for the apocalypse for podcast number 65, Shift. I am Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace. He is Adam Bomb Glancy. Uh, we are back again. Uh, as we you know, I, I sent out some transmissions from the bunker, just kind of let people know, hey, we're still here. I know people, you know, think we we're gone and you know, mute, eaten by mutants, but no, uh, the stickies have not gotten us yet. Yet, yet is the uh, optimal word. Yet, but yet. Um, but we're back. Uh, you know, like uh, like I said, some of the bars we had some shit going on. You know, travel. Uh, I had a hurricane. I had some surgery. It's just been shit, too much shit going on. But we're 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 getting we're gonna get back on track here and uh, continue Show to show them your scar. Show them your scar. Show them. Uh, your scar. Okay. We'll show them the scar again. It's all right. The scar is going to be tied to, and I'm not going to make the official announcement for it yet, but I'm going to mention what we're going to do. We're going to have a contest. Okay. This is not the official announcement. I'm going to make an official post and that'll be the start of it. And we'll have a deadline. Okay. I have picked up at, at the awesome used bookstore in Jacksonville. Um, actually they had like six copies of it there. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, it's a book that I've rarely found. Then all of a sudden there's like six of them, you know, um, Andrea Nort, Norton, No Night Without Stars. Okay, this is another one of the uh, their post-apocalyptic novels. The original one that people probably know is Daybreak 2025 or Starman's Son. Uh, this is a lot less known, but I found a fucking stack of them there. It was the weirdest thing. Okay, so we're gonna have a contest for our fans to win the copy of this book because it's a really good post-apocalyptic story. It's very Gamma Worldish. It is. Um, you got tribes, mutants, you have uh, a cybernetic installation, you have an insane think tank. It is it is very it is very gamerald. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. You know, it's not a not a massive book, so it's pretty easy to read, but uh, we're gonna have a um, a contest for somebody to win a copy of this book. And the contest is gonna be related to this. So let's see if I could turn so people could see. As we can see now, can you see it, Scott? Oh yeah. Okay, we got a nice scar there now. Um, the boring story is, you know, I had surgery because I had a tumor removed. Uh, not cancer. It was all benign. It was fine. Uh, but I got this big-ass scar now. Don't have a lot of feeling in the side of my ear and face now. But that's boring. And we here in the apocalypse like excitement. So we're going to have a contest that you, the viewer, are going to write a story very, very short. It's probably like we and Scott were talking about, probably pair uh, 250 words or less. So that'll give you like a good paragraph action sequence, you know, because we, we don't need a, uh, you know, a doctoral dissertation, just a brief story. You are going to tell us, how did I really get this scar? And it's got to be set in the, the apocalypse. Okay. So for 250 words or less, you're going to tell us how the apocalypse nerd got this new scar in, in the apocalypse for a chance to win. No night without stars. Okay, and then me and Scott are going to read the entries, and we're going to be the judges. And the the best one that we like is going to be the winner. Exactly. We may even do a dramatic reading if it's like you know, a two hundred word. That's real short. We could we could knock that out in a couple minutes. Oh yeah, and and uh, we we assume it'll be really good because that'll be the winner. So, yeah. so that's gonna that's gonna be coming up. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably announce that like uh, probably within the week. You know, we'll probably give everybody like you know. 
a few weeks, a month, or something like that. You know, not uh, you know, a short period of time, but it's definitely before the holidays. We want we want people to get it before the hol- before the holidays. You know, like maybe before Thanksgiving. So we'll give people like you know, like two weeks or something to like to make make submissions. You know, I'm I'm planning to submit one myself about how you uh, uh, tripped over an old um, uh, drive belt from the last of the Viet interceptors, tripped and fell and cut your neck on an open can of Dinky D dog food. See, that's exactly what. See, that's the kind of stuff we need, folks. There's something, something out. You know, whether you know, I was in a night, I was in a knife fight with a sticky, or I was, you know, captured by, you know, um, you know, androids, and I was in a, you know, I was in a cybernetic installation, and they that's were, where they put the tracker in. That's where they put the tracking device in. Ex- yeah, anything like that. Something definitely post. It's got to be post-apocalyptic, and it's going to obviously be post-apocalyptic. So. Um, that's what we're gonna, you know. That's gonna be the contest to, to win a copy of that book. So, so we got that coming up. So, because I was like, he's like, you know, what? I need to do something because we haven't been around for a while. So I want to, you know, do something for the for the folks. So, uh, so we got that going on. Uh, what else has been going on? Uh, it's just too much stuff going on. Um, I got a bunch of po- post-apocalyptic gaming type news to talk about. Uh, like number one, uh, me and Scott were in Gen Con in, in August. And uh, one of the things I got to play test was not play test. I just did like a demo of it. Was uh, the Fallout board game that's coming up from Fantasy Flight Games. So that's uh, last status I looked. It's on the boat. Uh, so I think it's supposed to be out by the end of the year, th- theoretically. Um, that was a fun game. It's based, you know, heavily on um, uh, the Fallout uh, Four setting. Um, you know, with all the characters in Boston, and there's going to be expansions apparently. But it looked pretty interesting. You know, it could be played anywhere from like one to four players. So that's going to be coming out. That should be pretty cool. Um, got to look at some of the uh, figures for the Fallout Tactical Miniatures game by uh, Modifius. I believe it's Modifius. Um, looks interesting. If if Tactical Miniatures games are your thing. Then it, it's it's pretty good. It, it should be pretty good. Uh, they made an announcement for the pricing for the figures, and I'm I'm out already. You know, it's like yes, I know miniatures games are expensive. You know, people play War played Warhammer. You know, it's like here's my army. I spent four hundred and fifty dollars on. You know, I know miniature tactical games are expensive. I wouldn't be actually playing it. It was just something I thought would be cool to have some the miniatures, but. For that price point to buy, I think to, to be all in, you'd have to spend like over a grand. And some people were like, "Oh, that's a good price." I'm like, "Well, that's no. that's the guys who've had to move into one room in their house because every other room is filled with miniatures." I mean, we know those guys; uh, they exist. Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're not kidding about their miniatures. Now, uh, for me, I would point out that there is a Fallout knockoff line done in metal by a guy named uh, a guy whose site is like Cousin Vinny's Miniatures or something. Um, those are, those you don't have to be in for a thousand. You can get individual, you know, miniatures of uh, Super Mutants, um, uh, Enclave Trooper, uh, a couple of different troopers from the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Brotherhood of Steel, uh, a couple of things like that. And it's not quite the same buy-in if you're just looking for a few miniatures and you're not interested in a big tactical game. Uh, plus, they're made of metal. Uh, I'd throw that out for people who are looking for, who might still be interested in some miniatures. Oh, and that's the thing is with the Fallout tactical ones, they're resin, like you mentioned. So they're not they're not metal at all. They're That's probably why people think, oh, they're cheap because they're not 
um, they're not made out of metal. They're they're uh, they're resin. So, but for that, but for the price point, I I could I can't get into it. Uh, it's just not something that's going to happen. But um, but the but the Fallout the board game looks pretty good. And also, I think somebody else is putting out. I don't know who's doing it. I, I can't remember now. I'll have to look it up and post about it later. Somebody else is doing a Fallout miniatures game, but it's not like a... Ta- I don't think it's a tactical miniature game like like the Modifius one. It's something else. I, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to research again. It's like I saw it in passing. I'll have to look at it, but there's another one coming out. Um, I also got to see, but they didn't have, and I posted about the Planet of the Apes board game that's coming out for... From uh, USopoly, no, no, it's not USopoly. It's um, IDW uh, Games. IDW is a has been primarily a comic book company, but now they have a game uh, a game division. So they're putting out a Planet of the Apes board game based off the first movie. It could be played either solo or like up to four players. They just had the samples there, but not the uh, not the actual game. But that's coming out. So another, again, another post apocalyptic. And uh, what else did I see there? We played. We played uh, the end is nigh. Yes, we played the end is nigh, which uh, we posted the video for that. Uh, when we were at Gen Con. We played the end is nigh. I got together those the, the guys from uh, uh, Mystic Ape Games. You know, we played a, a playthrough of it. Fun game, quick game, simple game. Uh, you know, fun. You know, you could see you could the play, play it three or four times in a night, maybe thirty minutes a game tops. Oh yeah, we want you to want you to know how the game works. You know, ours took a little bit longer because we were learning the game. Uh, but I figure it could be a 15, 20 minute game. You know, no problem. You know, uh, so that that was a fun game that's available on their website. Again, I, I I posted all that when I posted it on the um, the blog, and then it's on the up on the YouTube channel. Um, I also got to play. It's I guess it's not really. I guess it kind of it's it's post apocalyptic if you want to be is. Um, the Thing board game that's coming out from USopoly. Uh, so it kind of could be a pre-apocalypse because, you know, if the Thing gets out, it could take over the world and destroy the world. So it could be apocalyptic, you know. Um, I don't think it's that much of a stretch, but got to play that. That's supposed to be coming. It's a uh, USopoly is putting it out, is putting it out in conjunction with anything with like Mondo, Mondo game, uh, Mondo Tees, uh, which is a t-shirt company. But again, now they have a gaming arm division um uh, something with project ray gun so but you can just look up the thing board game uh, um, and you, you you can find it us for us under usopoly um got the demo of that fun game i uh, can't wait for that to come out it's supposed to come out like in the next couple weeks like i think it's either the end of this month or beginning of next month so that'll be coming out now that was good that was good so don't forget the largesse the incredible largesse of fallen dominion studios what is it? Fallen Dominion. They loaded us up with yeah, um, uh, Fallen Lands. Oh, Fallen Lands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we got that uh, game. And, well, we're, uh, I'm going to reach out to John. Uh, Fallen Lands was a Kickstarter that came out. Uh, it was last year. It's a board game, uh, post-apocalyptic. It's a big, beefy game, you know, a uh, lot, lot of stuff. Um, we're going to uh, get them on the show to talk about their game. Uh so I guess so I, so I'm going to reach out to him to get his schedule because he's his schedule's a little tight because he works uh, overnights. So, uh, but we'll get we're going to get together with him to uh, talk about uh, their game. So that was another game, and I saw some other post-apocalyptic stuff down there too. There was, there was another game I saw. Oh God, there was there was so much at Gen Con. It's like I barely even scratched the surface of what was there. It's like I wasn't vending this year, and I still feel like I accomplished nothing because there's yeah. just because <laughs> there, there was so much going on. You know. 
you're finally out from behind the booth and you still didn't manage to cover the dealer room. Nope. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta check through it and target your target your stops because otherwise it's just you know, it's a zoo. Oh yeah, zoo in a circus. It's it's almost gotten too big. It's like it's I'm really kind of like, eh. uh, it's it's just, it's, it's, just it's, be grateful it's not Dragon Con. Um, apparently, I had a friend of our ascent went down to Dragon Con to scout it out as a potential location and discovered that Dragon Con is not held in a convention center. Oh no, it's held in like oh, it's thrown over hotels. Yeah, it's like a bunch of hotels which are not connected by skywalks, and so you can't find anything. Now, Jen, everybody, people, everybody, told like I love Dragon Con. It's been going on for decades. It's, it's the party con. It's really the two main things that happen at this show. And yeah, they've like they, yes, they have dealers, and yes, they play some games. The two big, the two biggest things about that show are a the parties, and b uh, the people uh, in costume. Those are those are the two highlights of the, of the show. Because that's all people that's all people go to care about because they want to they want to dress up. And they want to get drunk. That's it. That's why a lot of people go there. You know. I imagine there's a lot of nerd fucking. We don't want to have to hear about. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. Um, but uh, the guy, one of the guys who went with Shane, was describing the dealer room wasn't big enough and was at capacity, so there was literally a line to get into the dealer room, which I have never seen before. That's a bad. That's a bad move. You've got to wait. You've paid however many dollars to get in. And you're having to wait to get into the dealer room. This is a this is an error. You have you have made well, a mistake. Well, it, it, but that's been fine for years because the show has always been X amount of things. But now with this whole and I'm not going to go on my diatribe about you know the you know the geek culture and you know how people think it's popular and this and there's a thousand conventions popping up and everybody's going to conventions now who never went before never cared and people are on the fringe and it's a we I'm not gonna. I, because of all that, now these shows that were kind of just okay and you know at a good capacity are now over capacity. Everybody's like, "Look, I'm a geek, I'm a nerd, and look at me, I'm at the show." You know, that's what it's you know all fucking turned into. You know, it's um, just people people trying way too hard to prove that they're look. I'm not normal. I'm a nerd. It's like whatever, dude. If you have to try that fucking hard. We and, we walked back when we were nerds. We had to walk uphill both ways to see an episode of Blake Seven. The lazy bastards. Oh, I, I just can't. <laughs> no, it's it's just that it's so watered down and it's so people just try way too hard. Okay, yes, I I understand the irony that we do a podcast about this shit and I'm talking like that. I, I get it. Okay, I, um, but it's not that I'm not. It, I'm not being that hypocritical, you know. It's just like I just did it because I, like I, I like your caveat. Look, I'm not that hypocritical. I look yeah. a certain amount of hypocrisy. Yes, but, you know, I have a I have, I have a cap. I have a hypocrisy cap. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, so I, I get it, you know. But it's just like, but but just like, but just on day to day life, just people try too hard, you know. Um, and and it and it knows. Okay, here's a here's a just a counter I had. I went to the Think Geek store, and yes, I know I'm part of the fucking problem by going to the Think Geek store, but okay. but I was in there. I was completely ignored because I was just in cargo shorts and a t-shirt. And I looked like a regular dude. They completely fucking ignored me. But as soon as the you know the young girl with the purple hair came in, oh, I love your hair, and you're you're so they're great, and they're all over them because it's like. Really? 
you know what I mean? It's like it's just, it's that kind of bullshit that it's very superficial. You know, unless I'm over the top and trying to prove how much of I am. You know, like listen, I'm in here. I was fucking doing this shit. Fucking. If you'd showed up in your Morton Joe costume, you would have been served immediately. Yeah, no, it's like they totally fucking ignored me. It's like, listen, I have a lot more money to fucking spend than that fucking schmuck with the purple fucking hair. Okay. First of all, the, yeah, minus at least the cost of the dye job. Okay. Dye, that money's available. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like that's a, anyway, but that, that's another thing. And then uh, another and another game that I saw there, I can't remember the fucking name of it now. Uh, but it was by Golden Egg Games. It was another post-apocalyptic game they're coming out with. I didn't get a chance to sit down and demo it. Um, it's a deck-building game. You know, like, um, there's uh, a, a superhero one out. I can't remember the name. Legendary or um, something. It's a deck-building game. There's a board game called Clank that's deck-building. It was like a deck-building post-apocalyptic game. It looked pretty interesting. So um, once I find out what that is, I'll, I'll, I'll post that. So I am, I am throwing it up. Edge of Humanity? Yes, thank you. All right, went straight to their website, uh, which is quite nicely put together, and they have an Edge of Humanity uh, boxed game here. Yep, yep that, that's what it is. Yeah, it's a deck building game. You know, it's like we have cards, and you build you build your deck as you're going along, and try to you know accomplish your tasks. And it, it's you know, you know, deck builders are okay. I've played I played a few. I'm looking at this thing, and it says uh, there's a map, there's cards, uh, there's uh, bullet tokens, life tokens. Oh yeah, yeah. No, plastic, no, no, no. Plastic players and. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It constitutes more than that, but you have a you have a hand of cards. Oh yes. As you're playing, and you and it's it's like here's your cards you start with, and then there's cards that you could get along the way to build it to do other things. So it's called a it's like it's you know it's called you know it's a deck builder. Okay, you know? I get it. I get it. Yes, it actually it's yeah it's a I see the map now on their website. It's not a huge map. No. Oh. Okay, got it. So uh, that that looked pretty interesting too. So yeah, a lot of post-apocalyptic games coming out. Um, uh, there's just so much stuff out there. You know, uh, I got to I have you know I've been out of it. I got to play play a little catch up with trying to find all kinds of stuff. And the only other important thing I know is that any any uh, geek slash nerd worth his salt better be in front of the TV on Friday watching Netflix. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Because we hold, is that? I'm trying to. I saw in the back of you here. Is that what's her name from? Um, oh uh, uh, yes, I have a Archer. I do, in fact, have a Pam beach towel that a friend of mine gave me that is now hung up on my door because I know what I like. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. I just wanted a check. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now my uh, my uh, 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 cartoon crush used to be uh, Velma, but uh, I have now moved on to Pam. It was it was never Tarna. No, no, uh. he was way out of my league, dude. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure as far as Velma goes uh, from Scooby Doo, I could hit that. No, no hitting Tarna. No, well, she might hit me. I don't yeah. think that's the same thing. I don't think that's at all the same thing. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if it wasn't for the fact she was a cartoon, I think Pam would sleep with me. Oh, of course she would. <laughs> but I like, I like a girl who sets the bar low. You know, that's all I'm saying. I need I need to be able to get over that with ease. All right. Pole vaulting. 
Anyway, wow. <laughs> we're, we're really digressing because uh, off topic. All right, let's stop talking about let's stop talking about Pam Boozy, please. Okay, um, I'm just saying, and that's all the posts about. Like I said, you know, so watch Stranger Things on Friday, you know, uh, because yeah. it's, it's, a it's a fantastic show. Uh, Speaking of pre-apocalypse, there's a movie coming out called Annihilation. Does that ring any bells with you? Uh, rings a bell. I don't know a lot about it. Okay, it is based on uh, the Annihilation book. Uh, which is, or it's a, it's a, it's a trilogy of books. I've read the first one, uh, and let's see here. Annihilation. Okay, uh, it's a, the series is called the Southern Reach uh, trilogy, and it is written by uh, this guy named Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, first book is Annihilation. Uh, next one is, uh, I believe acceptance. Then finally, uh, sorry, next one is authority and then is acceptance. And it is kind of a, mm, I guess it's a, I guess it's kind of a pre-apocalypse, uh, story. And, um, you know, where there is a, a section of the United States that has sort of fallen into another dimension or some other dimension is leaking through into ours and it's like an invasive species and they've tried to got it cordoned off but it is slowly leaking into our world and it is bringing a whole lot of no fun with it so kind of like kind of a the the mist like well uh not exactly because it is super well, when i read the book annihilation it was super surreal and dreamlike and messed up and um well, i just i just meant from the, the the fact that it's you know a dim another dimension it leaks yeah. into ours and uh, well, that aspect yeah well certainly the mist and um uh, stranger things have the uh, thing where the government made the hole and now the you know the, whatever's on the other side is coming through so it's kind of got that except it's it's even weirder instead of like there being a hole and things are leaking through it's like the hole just keeps getting bigger there's an area that is no longer our world and it just keeps getting bigger and they refer to that area as area x and yeah it is not going well for anyone hmm. I'll have to look into that yeah all right it's worth a look um uh it may be worth a look all right, shift. So let's uh, you know we... let's shift over to shift, shall we? Let's shift over to shift. Okay, shift by Hugh Howie. Shift is the second book in the Silo series. We talked about the first one uh, a while back, uh, Wool, uh, which was the first book in the trilogy. So we have uh, gone through shift. Actually, I did it quite a few months ago, but we just again we haven't had we didn't have our shit together. So. Um, Shift is the second book of the series. Now, uh, Shift. Uh, let's, let's point out that this is a 600-page book. Yeah. It's a thick book. Um, it is also... Oh, is it really that thick? Let me see that again. It is... Yeah, this is the copy I have. All right? It is like two inches thick. Oh, wow. Closer to three. And it is 602 pages in this version. That's be yeah you know it's because yeah, there was a lot going on in that book so as we're going through this you know we got to really kind of give it as an overview because there's I think there's too much there's too much stuff to reveal about this book that could spoil shit. Um, this thing goes in and it picks up storylines and threads from the first book. There'll be things from the first book where somebody talked to somebody on the radio, mm -hmm. and then in shift you'll suddenly get the other side of that conversation. Yeah, you'll be like, oh. 
that was when that was going on. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of that because the book, this, okay, this book takes place uh, in multiple eras, okay? The, the beginning of Shift really talks about before whatever apocalypse happened, okay? Yeah. Um, what happens is it, tell, it, it, it tells the history, like how did these, you know, because there's a silo. How did the silo get there? The story tells you how the silo or silos, as you found out in uh, Wool, got there. Okay, it tells you uh, really get it really they they normally I don't like at first I was a little like kind of eh because I hate it when they completely you know pull back the curtain on a lot of stuff like like that happened with Deathlands. Yeah, but you you thought they pulled back the curtain? They kept pulling back curtain. You're like, oh no, they're revealing too much, and then. Yeah, there's still reveals on the last 10 pages. Yeah. So, but at first I was kind of hesitant on the reveals, but actually it got interesting. They made, he made it at first. I'm like, oh, it's like, okay, this is boring. We're just telling how it happened. But would they really get the, the explanations of what happened, how it happened? And again, we're not done finding out what happened, you know, even at the end of this book. We still don't know everything. But he really got into it, like why it happened, what the plan was, you know, what the plans are. Um, like I said, normally I'm kind of against that. You know, I don't like it uh, as much, but it's good, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the uh, I, I, I was really, really impressed, um, with the, uh, the depth and texture of this book. I mean, it could have been written at a, at a faster clip. It could have been slim down to be very pulp, very action oriented, just moving from one thing to another. But um, in order to sort of give the, the right level of crazy, because everyone's nuts. I mean, that's one of the central factors is that everyone in the silos having been there, their whole, there's some flavor of crazy, you know, at some point, there's some flavor of crazy in the silos. Um, and that was, uh, so they had, you had to stay in their heads a lot. You yeah. Had to stay in the characters' heads. And it, and it, and like I said, it jumps around, like it, t it tells us about before, um, and eventually, uh, the, at the end of the, uh, end of the arc of the story, you're back to kind of, it actually gets you to the point of where it left off. Yes. With wool, but then it goes a little bit past it. Okay. Uh, not a lot, but 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 to some extent, it got past it a bit, um, and it tells how it got up to that point, and there's still stuff to be answered because, um, as we know, there's more going on than just the silo. You know, you know, we get to hear about the master plan. We get to hear about, you know, what's really going on and who is who and who's what is what. For those who haven't seen the wool thing, the basic idea is that everyone's in these giant concrete. What fifty layer deep, fifty uh, story deep? Not story, but fifty level deep, because the levels are not the size of regular stories. No, no, as as which was one of my beasts in the beginning, and they, you get a little bit more information about that later. Um, oh no, it's like a hundred. No, it's like a hundred and fifty. It's like it's deep, you know, because they so, talk about they talk about the hundreds, you know. So it gets over a hundred stories. Uh, and so there's this giant complex that's down there. Uh, they're designed to survive for over 200 years um, and preserve humanity from an apocalypse. And at the end of Wool, we got the nasty idea that, you know, boy, this bunker 
sure is complex. This one bunker we're in sure is complex and well-built and enormous. It would have taken years and years and years to build it. Um, how was it ready to go for the apocalypse? You know, well, it must have been something that they saw coming. Well, you know, how? why would they see it coming? You know, there are some possibilities that it could have been like an, an, uh, an object, an, uh, an astrological object that was heading towards the Earth. That's a possibility. Or it could have been, you know, but, it, but that's got to be a certainty. You don't build something like this unless you're certain the end is yeah. coming. And, and the only way to be certain and, is, if, is if you're the guys who caused it. That's the big that's the big reveal in wool is that the silos were built by the people who caused the apocalypse. That you are the descendants of the people who killed the world deliberately for whatever restart they're trying to pull. Hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't go much more into that statement. No, no. Um well, and but by when he says it could have been they caused it, it could be, you know, they were, you know, they were, they attacked the Russians or the Russians, you know, they're the people who pulled the trigger, you know, yeah. so, and again, it gets into in the, in, in, in shift, but we're not going to talk about what happened, you know, yeah. um, they certainly don't, you don't know what the problem is outside in wool. And when they finally tell you what the problem is outside, which you get in shift, it's kind of worse than a lot of our apocalypses. It's yes. a really fucking horrible apocalypse. It was a it was a good reveal, and it's as you read the story, you're like, wow, this is pretty. I got to say, a lot a lot of times I was going through the buds, like, wow, this is pretty fucked up. You know, a lot of what they're a lot of what people are dealing with, and it's not even just what ended the world that was fucked up. It's the people who are living after the world ends that are pretty fucked up, and. Yeah who these people are and what they do. Um, it's like I said, I, I don't want to reveal a whole, I don't, I, you know, normally we're like spoilers and like, yeah, this yeah. is like I said, being, I don't think we could talk too much about it without really spoiling a lot of it. Cause well, a lot of, even a lot of it, I was like, Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. You know, can we at least talk about the idea of the shift doing your shift. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, uh, well, without I, I, I think we can do without revealing too much. But we know well, that from the first book there is more than one silo. Yeah, yeah, we do. From there's more than one silo. Out, we also find out that there is a silo that's in charge, or there's somebody in charge somewhere. Okay. Yeah, we did. We, we, we did find radio, out. That. They're in radio contact with other silos. Now the other silos are like they're like generation ships, aren't they, Jared? Yep. They're exactly like generation ships, but buried in the ground. Yeah, they're like generation slips ships uh, going through, or sl super slow time machines, I guess. But the people in charge you spend a lot of your time with in this story, or at least half your time. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, these guys, there has to be consistency during the course of the slow journey into the future. The guys in the silos are going into the future one second at a time. But they have to maintain kind of a consistency um, in the design philosophy, the control philosophy, the 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 way the place is run. So the um, the the the, the principal prime base, if you will, um, 
They work in every, shifts. Every, yeah, every, they work in shifts. And when they're not on shift, they're in a deep freeze. Kind of like... Kind of like in like a sleeper ship instead of a generation ship. Yeah, like in uh, like in Pandorum. Yeah, there was they had like five crews that one would be on for a couple of years, go to sleep, another crew, and they leapfrog. You know, because the key because you needed people who were trained to do what has to get done. You can't just be like, oh, well, we'll train the next generation. No, they wanted to keep. You got to keep the people who know who know what's going on and what to do going and don't tell don't tell me more about these shifts but but there's but we see we see that we see shifts from you know the master silo which again you would find out about if you read wool hopefully you've read wool if you've you know if you're starting on shift um there are you know they said shifts you know like it's like it's like your work shift you know just your couple of months down and a couple of decades off yep so they have people to do that and that in itself has a lot of problems. Oh, and that, <laughs> that becomes crazy town really fast. Yeah. That, that is super disorienting and fucked up and everybody's on drugs to keep themselves level so that they don't freak out. Yeah, it's it's a mess. Yeah, and there's a lot more to it too and they and they really get into like what's going on and um but they do I, some, they do point out the idea that okay, why couldn't we just all go into sleeper pods? And wake up later. Well, oh. somebody's got to maintenance everything. Somebody has to constantly tinker with the gear, constantly be yeah. on guard to make sure shit doesn't break down. There are no robots. There are no androids. Um, so you can't just put everyone in deep freeze. It's just impossible. Well, somebody because somebody has to you know steer the ship. You know, for lack of a better oh, term. Up a little. Uh, can you hear me now? No. Now you're okay. back. Okay. Yeah. Somebody has to, you know, quote unquote, steer the ship. Yes. So the people in the, you know, prime base, you know, the master silo are steering the ship and they tell you, and they tell you why they're in, in the book. They reveal why they're steering the ship and where the ship is going. So it's no, place, it's no place. Good. Just when I thought it was so fucked up that I couldn't stand it. He keeps finding ways to make it more, Fucked the fucking uppest. Oh yeah, oh. Toward, like towards the end, of, you know, towards the end of that part where they, you know, because because the, the, they're primarily focusing on. I'm hearing myself in your speakers. Um, okay. The primary protagonist is a guy who's like pre-apocalypse through the apocalypse, and then eventually they they come back to um, the post-apocalyptic era that we read uh, about in Wool. And the one primary character that we read about in well, um, the engineer. What was her name? Uh, the sheriff, because that's the job she gets later. Yeah, but um, I'm blanking. I can't remember her freaking name. Well, as we always say, it's because uh, they don't even. I don't even think they mention it in shift because uh, they talk about her in like the third person. Um. You know, uh, Juliet. Thank you, um, uh, Juliet. Uh, we come back to Juliet from Wool. As you know, as you read in Wool, you know she got, got out of the silo, found the other silo. Um, we come back to Juliet. What's going on with her? What she does, and then it all. And then there's other characters in Shift besides the early protagonist from the you know pre-apocalypse, and then you get. Uh, Juliet, and then you get some other characters from other. So, and then towards the end of shift, they all kind of 
they're all they're all cut up time wise. They're all on the same page, you know, um, and that's where it leaves off. And you know, there's a lot of crap going on with that. So, but it, I, 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 it's it's real good. Um, the writing is excellent. Is very it's you know. You wouldn't think, you know, it, 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 when I first read Wall, I was like, eh, you know, I, I, it took me a while to get into it. But once I got into it, it was like, okay, you know, this is a really good story. And then Shift, again, started off kind of like, I was a little bored at first. But then it's like, but the, once you really got into the meat of the story, because, you know, he did that slow build because he really kind of, he had to lay it out for it. He had to lay out what was going on, who's going on, who the players are, why their things are going to happen. Uh, he's just a, he's a very good writer. And, you know, he, you know, he gives you just, a, he gives you just enough to keep you going yeah you know? none of the reels come from another this could have been a giant info dump and it's not no um, it's a prequel and we know from wool the state of the world that this is leading up to right because we've read we've read, but this prequel doesn't it, it it feels just as mysterious and just as opaque as the world of wool uh, you know, as our as our protagonist um, Donald uh, goes through the uh, goes into this world and advances from from <laughs> one terrible re revelation to another. Yeah, he uh, he's like falling down a ladder. There's no. there's no happy endings for this guy. Oh my! The amount of I've seen some characters get fucked over. This is a Job level of fucking. Okay, as far as all the horrible shit that happens to him, that's it's not good. None of it is good. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, there. This is not. This is right up there with the road as far as uh, being grimo. It's um, pretty grimo. Yeah, it's pretty grim. I think low. You need to lower your speakers because I'm here. I'm hearing myself. Um, okay. Well, you are not. Okay. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm not hearing. I'm not. I'm not hearing any feedback. So good. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's no. I, I keep on hearing you myself. Um, huh. Let me uh, take this out of my ear. Now you're saying you didn't hear feedback when I didn't have the. Now I don't hear any feedback. Well, then I'm my... leaving. I'm leaving one out. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's on the level of road grim. It's a. It's not. Um, yeah, it's just. There's no good. There's, it's it's. There's no happy ending. It's like, just the, the stuff he keeps on getting put up against. It's like what? And then it's like what? What? It just keeps worse and worse and worse. Uh, and there's a point where you think there's kind of this point where there's almost no villains, and then there's a point where you realize no, that's wrong. They're completely evil motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's assholes all the way down. It's just holy shit, um, and, and and filled with lots of guys who are just doing their jobs, um, which is yeah. part of the part of the problem. You know, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Well, you don't get apocalypses or or or, or <sighs> homodors or holocausts or. Uh, unless you got guys who are just doing their job, you know, just clocking in. Yeah, it's not. It's um, it's good. Like I said, it's I I, I'm still um, yeah, I'm I'm still hearing myself in your. Uh, I'm not hearing you. 
You're not hearing me at all. I mean, I'm not hearing your feedback. Oh no, I'm, I keep on, I keep on hearing you. I'm just hoping it's not going out over the podcast because that's going to sound like crap. Okay, I'm not hearing an echo from me, and I'm not hearing an echo from me. When I talk, yeah, I'm hearing me and you. Okay. Ooh. Ugh. I know. I don't like the way that that sounded. Oh, I know it's going to mess up the audio, but no, but they see now it stopped. So, all right. Okay, so don't t- don't touch anything. Just, but uh, um, like I said, shift. It start. It seems to me it started off a little slow because they had to build the story, but it, it's worth it's worth the ride. It's worth your time going into it. Now, this thing's not pulp. It almost rises to the level of literature as far as its um uh, its the richness and density of it. Yeah, uh, which could put some people off, but I think uh, I think. If you can make it through the road, you can make it through this. Correct. Oh, yeah, totally. Except, you know, it's not as minimalistic in its writing. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. No, it is not. And there are questions yet unanswered by the time you get to the end of it. Um, absolutely. Oh, there's always questions. <laughs> um, the... Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, I did like the time the book spent with the guy who was the, the bearer, uh, the guy who was carrying stuff from level to level mission. Yep. There's a lot of, there's kind of an ant's eye view of the inter- of the workings of a silo from somebody besides the Juliet character in the early parts of this, uh, parts of this book. Um, and, uh, that was, that was actually really interesting. Um, the way that system worked. Of uh, of carrying, you know, the, the sort of I don't know the caste systems inside the silos are interesting as far as people's work, you know, and their apprenticeships and their shadowing of people. To, to oh yeah, you really you really get to see the um, it was definitely at a lower level. It was uh, it wasn't as I mean the thing about um, wool is you saw the machinations at the top level, the mayor. The, the sheriff, sheriff, you know, those people, uh, the head of uh, IT and all that. But um, uh, the first part of, uh, of Shift is a lot of it is set, or the mid part of Shift is set um, with the grunts, you know, the guys whose job is carrying things from different levels, the farms, you know, the, his father's a farmer. Um, uh, I'm working the hydroponics. So you... You get a lot more of that, and that was also very interesting, at least to me. At least to me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you get to see the complexity. You know, you you get to see the society. You get to see the, um, you know, the, um, what the fuck? Well, it's the cast level. Thank you. Thank you, the cast system. Um, One thing I also appreciated about this is, I mean, I'm a, Jared and I are both uh, gun nuts, so. We always like we you know we certainly love information on firearms or weapons, but there's almost both books had almost no information about firearms because they come from a world where there aren't any brands, you know. There's no there's no Norinco or Colt or anything like that. It's just rifle, pistol, you know, um, probably all standardized so that the parts are interchangeable and swappable. Um, but there's there's no actual, uh, you know, brand names on them. Not the least of which because the present uh, at the beginning of the, of the story is like, what, 2038? 
Um, I think it's more like closer to 2050. Okay. 2040, 2050. Yeah, you're right. I just opened it up. 2049 is when uh, Donald Keene gets his first meeting with the senator. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, who knows what the brands of weapons will be then, what the designations of those weapons will be. Inside the silo, M16 has no meaning. You know what I mean? It's just a rifle. Oh yeah, and, and I think it's good that they kept it kind of. Uh, that was that was a very good call on this part to, because I mean, uh, well, you said we're gun nuts. It's like, well, you know, um, I mean, I like firearms, I like gun, but uh, you know, don't class me in with the uh, the whack jobs that are out there and the um, rink, the rinky dink, uh, you know. Well, it's just, yeah, I know, but we both like the technology information. If something shows up, like in a book. If they tell you what kind of car it is, I appreciate knowing. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, if they tell me what kind of plane it is, I appreciate knowing. I kind of, I've always enjoyed that in a story. A lot of people will just go, they get in the sedan and go. But I want to know that it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, what kind of sedan is it? Is it a Mercedes? Is it a, you know, is it an old Mercury? Whatever. I, I kind of like knowing that information. Oh yeah. This, this world that they're living in doesn't have those kind of designations anymore. So that. It's it completely loses its meaning. Well, because they don't really ever see weapons, you know. So it's not uh, it's a very rare thing. But it's um, yeah, because it's it's not like um, you know, like the the uh, the pulp men's adventure novels. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. It's not it's not gun porn, you know, like like the survivalist or something like that, you know. Yeah. Or blank in the ashes. You know, or you know, Greg Sargent's the the last ranger or. Um, Something like that. Um, Hell, guns define character in those stories. Depending on what they're carrying, you know whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. Oh yeah, well, same thing with Deathlands. You know, you know, you know. Ryan had his. Did he have, did he have a G three? I want to say he had. Uh, I want to say he had one of those caseless firing G elevens. Uh, yeah. That never got off the ground in real life. Um, and then, uh, uh, was it Meredith? Which one had the Lamotte? You know, then the guy from the eighteen sixties has his Lamotte. Oh, that was Do- that was that was Doc Tanner had the Lamotte. Um, then he had uh, the person who was like the the sharpshooter from our time. She had like the the Target three fifty seven. You know, it's like it, they were defined by their guns. But this this this, this book doesn't do that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So if you know if you've read Wool, if you haven't read Wool, go read Wool. And then once you've read Wool, read Shift. Again, you know, it's he's a contemporary writer. I mean, these books, he's, you know, self-published them initially, like, what, like three, four years ago? Something like that? A little longer than that, I think. Um, um, yeah. 2013 is the, uh, is the date on this. So I'm presuming the self-publishing came out a couple years before that. So maybe he self-published in 2010 or 2011. 11 in uh, 11... 2011 and 2012. So okay. still, it's still pretty contemporary compared to what we typically yeah. talk about. So um, I, I don't really think we can say much more about shifts. You know, I, I don't, not, you know, without I, blowing, not without blowing every, yeah, yeah, I don't want to, I, I, this is something I really don't want to risk blowing any, uh, you know, major spoilers on it. Cause there's a lot to reveal. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, <laughs> and again, the layers of this onion, 
it's just it's just a it's just assholes all the way down each layer <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> does not get any better so that was shift folks uh again we spoke in some vagaries but uh again if you read the first one again very good writing um you know excellent story and totally worth your, your read you know it's not again it wasn't it's not cheap it's not cheap cheesy you know just like pulp novels like men's adventure it's i think it's a very well thought out and well written uh story it's it's totally worth your time to read absolutely and here we have a uh a guest appearance by one of the characters from shift shadow the cat who turns up at some point and you'll have to you'll have to read the story to find out. You'll have to find out, yes. If you don't know who Shadow is, you'll just have to read the book. Eh, struggle, struggle. Struggle, struggle. And that was a that was a very interesting part of that character. Oh, oh yeah, the the Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just say don't be alone after the apocalypse, okay? <laughs> it's it always goes badly. Uh, it's one of the few things I really liked about um, Pat. Was it called Passengers? Was the thing about the people on the on the generation ship where the guy gets unfrozen early and goes goes kind of stark raving mad on the ship? Uh, it was Chris Pratt. I didn't see that because I heard it was a uh, bad. It's got some problems. It's got some problems. Uh, uh, but uh, they do do this thing where he's. He's unfrozen for like two years, going crazy by himself on the ship. Um, until at some point, he's just got a giant beard and giant hair, and he's just walking around the ship naked at this point. He's just, he's completely given up, you know? And that was that. I'm like, yeah, after two years, he's that, that's not going to, it's not going to go well with not even an animal, not a pet. The only thing that's on the ship is like a uh, an android butler who never or, or bartender that never leaves the bar because it's on a rail system behind the bar, you know. That's programmed for you know light banter or whatever. But yeah, uh, uh, that the, that doesn't work out so hot. It really doesn't. Yeah. So you do you de- you definitely see kind of that in the mm-hmm. book. So yeah. I All right. did a great, and I thought they did a great job with that sequence. Yeah. So that's that's a shift, folks. So again, go out if you haven't read it, go out and read it. But you got to read. You need to read Wolf first because you Absolutely. need to see, you need to see where it's going. So hopefully you've read Wolf first. Now you can read Shift. And now that we've talked about Shift, I could now go and listen to Dust. You know, because I've been doing the, the audio book on that. So yeah. I didn't I didn't want to re- I didn't want to do Dust until I, we we reviewed a uh, shift because I didn't want to confuse my, you know, I wanted to make sure I didn't want to have the other book in my head and get any points wrong, you know, right. but then as we were doing it, I'm like, you know what? We really, we really can't talk too much about this because we're going to mess it up, you know? All right. And um, we will always appreciate if people can suggest things for us to look into. Um, I have a, I have some things. I have some, uh, uh, Young adult post-apocalypse I ran across a while back that I'd be interested in talking about, even if you haven't read them. Um, but we'll get into that later. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, we'll wrap this up. Like I said, folks. So uh, 
that's that shift. Uh, we're glad to be back. You know, sorry for the big absences. As I looked, we haven't done a lot of shows this last year, but there's been so much going on. But uh, we'll get back. We're, we'll get back on track. You know, we're going to line up, like we said, uh, Fallen Lands. The guys from Fallen Lands uh, talk about their board game. Um, I want to listen to some more. I got to read some more books. Like you know, uh, I haven't been reading a lot of post-apocalyptic because I've been going through a lot of um, classic fantasy literature lately, uh, like Fritz Lieber, you know, Fafford and the Gray Mouser. Um, I got I got through six of them. I haven't hit the seventh one yet because I've got by the sixth one I got a little bored of it. You know, it's like at first it was interesting, but um, too formulaic. It just it, it was interesting to see, you know, because uh, it definitely heavily influenced Dungeons and Dragons, and they even mentioned that in you know in the in the uh, in the books, but or the Dungeons and Dragons books. But it's but after a while, it gets to be where it's like. I was talking to some people. I was like, "Well, yeah, it, it, it seems it holds up well." But now that I've really read it, I'm like, "Nah, it doesn't hold up as well for me." I mean, even if I would have read it thirty years ago, what about what about compared to Robert E. Howard's Conan stuff? Uh, I've never read any of the Conan stuff either. Okay. So, okay, um, it's, it's just it's 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 writing from a different era. Well, yeah, I mean, the one thing I noticed: you pull up that Andre Norton book, and it's this thick. Right? Yeah. Um. There is an economy of words. Uh, there is a all these books are a lot smaller. I mean, the Elric stuff from Michael Moorcock looks like novellas compared yeah. to the stuff that's put out today. You know, if you look at uh, who our our fantasy or our fiction, science fiction people are, uh, writing on a different scale. So yeah, so um, I'm, I'm getting into reading some more books. Going to look into some more movies, and then you know we'll probably do some more general. We got we got to come up with some more general topics because, you know, early on in the show, we did a lot of uh, the generic topics. We talked about guns and food and this and that. And I thought we had, I got to kind of look through it to see if something else we could talk about. You know, we talked about music and communication. We talked about power. We talked, I think we hit all the high level topics, you know, um, I'll have to see. Uh, yeah. Let's, we got to dig deeper, see if we can find some more high level topics, you know, but I also want to talk about, you know, specifics like movies, books, games, you know, I think I want to, I think I want to uh, come back to Gamma World again. Uh, like we said, we would, you know, you know, have another editions war. No, I'm going to uh, well, point out that um, uh, I showed people my library back here uh, just recently. Uh, Simon, before, Simon and, and Ash came out here looking for an apartment. And when I showed him the uh, library, the one thing Simon picked up off the shelf was the original Gamma World box. <laughs> he didn't touch anything else. But when he saw that, he's like, oh. You know, oh, can, can I open this? And I'm like, well, please go right ahead. And I thought, Jared would like to know that. That you, you immediately score points with Jared if the first thing you pick up is the Gamma World box set. He's uh, he's earned a lot of credit. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we'll we'll come back to some other stuff. So uh, we're gonna have another. You know, I'm gonna try to keep us on track like every other week. So I'm gonna reach out to. John uh, for Fallen Lands, see if we could get him on sooner than later. If we can't, we'll talk about something else. Uh, we don't know what that is yet. And then the I'll... Keeps ending. You know, the world just keeps ending. Um, you know what? Uh, do you think the pandemic games count as apocalypses? Mm. Some of these new pandemic games, the way they're set up with season one, season two, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't know much about it, but I know... A little bit about the uh, I don't know. Okay. I'd, I'd have to look into it uh, to, to make a decision on it. Cool. All right, folks. So uh, we'll be back. I will make a uh, 
a post about the contest, you know, probably within the next week, you know, to win a copy of Andrea Nortz, No Night Without Stars. And uh, I'll get that posted. So that's it, folks. I'm Jared. He's I'm Scott. Scott. And he's Scott. So thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, thank you for sticking with us. We're glad to be back, and we will see you in the wastelands. Have a good night.